to Unleashing Sister Saints, a podcast focused on strengthening women's faith in Jesus Christ and helping them wrestle through the sometimes complex gender and cultural dynamics in the church. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, a global expert in women and leadership, a mom of four, and a devoted member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I have to say, I love the word unleash, and I use it often. In each episode, I include research and personal experiences and a challenge to help you feel free to bring your whole self to the Lord's work. Now, in this week's episode, I am so excited to welcome back my friend, MacArthur Krishna, and introduce her colleague and close friend, Bethany Brady Spalding, to the show. MacArthur and Bethany are co-authors of many books written to ennoble the women of the church, including the Girls Who Choose God series, Our Heavenly Family, Our Earthly Families, The Boys and Girls Guides to Heavenly Mother, and their most recently published book for couples titled In the Image of Our Heavenly Parents, A Couple's Guide to Creating a More Divine Marriage. Now, MacArthur and Bethany have both lived and served in the church around the world, and through book tours, they have met and talked with thousands of Latter-day Saint women. Both women are also mothers of daughters. I am thrilled to have them both on the show today to talk about their work to examine and bring to light existing doctrine of a heavenly mother, a belief they say, and I believe it too, is essential for women to understand our eternal destiny. So first, let's get started. MacArthur or Bethany or both, what from your life experience and living and serving in the church around the world has brought you to this work to share the doctrine of our Heavenly Mother? Bethany, I'll have you start. Sure. Well, thank you so much for welcoming us on your podcast. It's such a delight and honor to be with you. And and I, like you, am a big believer that the restored gospel of Jesus Christ has gorgeous ennobling, empowering truths for women. And as the daughter of three girls, I've been teaching them these things from a young age. And I feel like there is no more richer theology to help girls be able to understand their divine worth and their potential than Heavenly Mother. I mean, she's our eternal destiny. She is what we will become. And she's our eternal role model. And so it is so, so beautiful that we have this knowledge and this truth. And I started this work to share that with my own daughters, to share that with all daughters, so that we can see ourselves in God. Thank you so much. MacArthur, any other thoughts? Yeah, I think um, there's two things that have been really significant for me, other than also being a mom to three daughters. Um, one of them is my time in India, where I saw that women were treated as second-class humans. And frankly, it's easy to point culture, point fingers at other cultures. But when you start to look around, you see that we, I happen to be a person who lives in the United States of America, we see in our own country that we have some of those same attitudes. In fact, I was heard Professor Mike Goodman say to a group of women at a BYU event that your destiny is Godhood, not counselorhood. And to me, it was this life-changing moment when I realized that the way that I was plotting my trajectory needed to be steered differently. And I think that for a lot of women, the truth of understanding that Heavenly Mother, as the gospel topic essay mentions, is our eternal prototype, 
is our divine destiny. When you realize that your trajectory is godhood, not counselorhood, I think that reorganizes how we move through Mm -hmm. life, how we expect ourselves to grow and develop. And so I think for me, realizing it more in India where it was more obvious, but then also looking around and realizing that in my own country and in my own faith and in my own family, um, and even the relationship with myself in every avenue that there needed to be an adjustment to match the doctrine of a mother in heaven. I love that. Thank you so much. So let's continue before we jump into what we're calling the matrix today. Why is this doctrine of a mother in heaven? It's not secondary. It's not a side belief. Sometimes we feel like that in the church, right? But it's absolutely essential, especially for women. Bethany, yeah, answer that. Sure. It is absolutely essential. It's the core of who we are. And, you know, Joseph Smith, as he started the restoration, he said, if men and also in women do not comprehend the character of God, they cannot comprehend themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't understand ourselves if we don't know the true nature of God. And we talk a lot about the fullness of the gospel, but often we're talking about half. When we're speaking about half of God, we have this beautiful revealed knowledge to us that God is Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother sealed and combined and working as a partner, that God is a couple. And so if we don't celebrate that and discuss it and talk about it and embrace it, we don't understand the the true nature of God and we don't understand the true nature of ourselves. It is the core of our faith, of our religion, of ourselves is that knowledge. Yeah, we think often God is man and not really this deeper doctrine, but there are primary sources that we can look to for this doctrine. MacArthur, which are some sources that you've really relied or depended on in your writing and in this concept? Uh, it's not a concept. It's a doctrine, right? Mm-hmm. A truth, I would a say. A truth, yes. So Elder Renlin in General Conference in April 22 said, we have a gospel topics essay called Mother in Heaven, and that is our doctrine. So whenever Bethy and I write or speak or discuss or teach on this subject, we always teach the information you can find in the gospel topics essay. And quite frankly, it's revolutionary. It is wonderful. It is clear. It is wonderful. It is to me an incredibly powerful document because We have this sensibility that if we don't have a vision of where we're going, that we're going to lose our way. If we don't have a vision of who we're going to become. And so in the Gospel Topics essay, Elder Oak says, our highest aspiration is to be like our heavenly parents. And so if we are to become like our heavenly parents, if we were to become mothers in the next life, then we need to know about that. We need to research it and pray about it and study about it and embrace and celebrate, celebrate that we have this truth. Yeah, as MacArthur mentioned Elder Renlund's and he invited us all to go and study the Gospel Topics essay and that he was very clear, this is our church's truth and understanding and doctrine on Heavenly Mother. And there doesn't need to be any question, like this is what we believe. And so I've told everybody, print this out, put it in your scriptures, you know, have it with you when you go to church, hang it on your wall, like the proclamation on the, you know, this should be a document that we turn to and draw on because like MacArthur said, it's a page, but it's revolutionary in what it shares. And as we dive into the matrix, we'll unpack some of those things, but they really, if we just took these teachings and applied them, the power of women would be unleashed. If we yes. would apply the teachings in the gospel topics essay on heavenly mother, we would unleash so much power and potential. It would be extraordinary. I love Didn't it. your bishop actually send around to everyone in your ward when he said, there's some question about what we believe on this. Here's a link. 
And so oh. Bethany's bishop actually instructed everyone in their ward to read this essay. I love that. Amazing, because quite frankly, when we go around and we give firesides and things, we often pull people like, how many knows that this exists? How many have read it? And I'd say it's the vast minority. Vast minority of people have even read the essay. So here we are talking about the mother of our souls, the reason we exist for men and women both, for all people, and what our destiny is, and we haven't even read it. That is so true. Now, before we're kind of hanging this matrix out there, we'll explain it in just a minute. But before we dive in and talk about that, you are clear in your work to state that you are not demanding more revelation on the topic, that you're not speculating, but that you hope members and leaders of the church will prayerfully consider and better understand the doctrine we already have, right? Why is that an important clarification? So for me, it's very clear that we learn line upon line. You know, we talk about milk before meat idea. And if we have this information in the Gospel Topics essay that we're already currently not living up to, quite frankly, then there's no need for us to have more. Is there yep. more out there? 100%, yep. right? But I think Elder Renlund's invitation to say, study this, ground yourself here is super smart because I think it gives us a starting point beyond that. So 100%, we need to embrace what we have before we're given more. Thank and, you. And MacArthur, MacArthur often uses this word apply. We want to apply the doctrine, right? That we are not just hearer of the word, but we're doers of the word. And you know, think of the word of wisdom. We don't just talk about how that's a nice idea, the word of wisdom, and just think, oh, it's so lovely that we have these teachings. No, we practice that. We live that. It is who we are and who we're, how we're known by, how we care for ourselves. And so we have these doctrines of Heavenly Mother, but we don't apply them. And I feel like there's so few principles of the gospel where we talk about it, but we don't apply. And so we so don't true. need more revelation. We need to apply the truths and the teachings that we have because they're beautiful and they're enriching and they are so tender and so important. I love that. So MacArthur, you shared the last time we talked, you shared this matrix with me and I love it. It's called why heavenly mother is essential for women understanding their eternal destiny. And I love that you point by point, both of you really looked at specific doctrines, 18 of them, in fact, and we'll do some of those in this first part, but we'll have another show that we'll continue and share the rest of them. So give us a little bit of background, and then we'll dive into eight of these uh, doctrines. And MacArthur, can I share just a quick story on that? Absolutely. Yep. So like I started off, I began this work, embarked on this work of Heavenly Mother for my own daughters, because we've taught them so many of these beautiful truths at home. But I have often found as they've grown and they leave home and they're more at church, they're not seeing these applied. And the inconsistent of what they're taught and what they know and what they see is difficult and it's disturbing and it's actually damaging their testimonies. I'll just give you one example. Um, we just opened a temple here in Richmond, where I live in Virginia. It was such a beautiful experience. And I took my family and we went on the open house. And at the very end, the first thing my 16-year-old daughter said to me is, Mom, I really don't think the church believes in Heavenly Mother. You know, if the temples are all about families, why wasn't she there? And I didn't have an answer for her. You know, I said, I wish she was, Simone. And so MacArthur and I, one of the reasons we put this matrix together is because we do have this beautiful theology, but we don't often apply it. And the mixed messages that our girls and women receive because of the inconsistencies is detrimental. And we want to say, let's take this theology, let's apply it, and let's see the power and the beauty it can have in our daughters, in our community, in the world. 
And what you're talking about is this deep, deep identity. And that identity, when you look at the research around that, is so key. Any identity piece. And we're arguing here that that identity, that eternal identity, that gender component is essential, as the family proclamation mentions. So, MacArthur, any other background before we dive into number one? Yeah, I think especially after Elder Renlund's talk, a lot of what we heard kind of fluttering around was, well, that's nice. That's nice. We have a mother in heaven. And to me, I thought, wait a second. If you think this is just nice, but it's not really important, vital, necessary, we shouldn't talk about it. There was a bishop who stood in his congregation and said that they are not to talk about Mother in Heaven at church. This was a home doctrine. Like, we don't have home doctrines, actually. But if you somehow think that this is just a nice doctrine, then you're missing the big picture. And the big picture of knowing why we're on this earth life and why Christ died for us and where we're going from there is vital. And so to have a matrix for us was a way of, in some ways, scrubbing our own brains and saying, we believe in applying doctrine. And so we want to be problem solvers. We're not here to complain. We're not here to kvetch about what's happening. Like we're here to say, how do we work in proactive, positive ways to teach what we already know, to apply what we already know? And so this matrix was written with this sentiment that this is vital doctrine for people to understand. It's women's vision, although it obviously impacts how men and women interact. Yes, yes. At the same time, it is vitally important to see where the gaps are, because if you can see the gaps, then you can do something about it. So we're offering this matrix as a a positive sense of how to do good, how to do good in the world. And, And that leads us into the matrix in general. So in the matrix, and again, the title is Why Heavenly Mother is Essential for Women, Understanding Their Eternal Destiny, which I think this is so important for men to understand how women can see themselves or see their eternal destiny. But this matrix has three columns. One is, what is the church doctrine? The second is, the inconsistent messages internalized by girls and women in the church. And the third is, applying our doctrine. That's what I love them all. But that one is really a key. Like, how can we do better? How can we actually apply these really awesome doctrines that our church, and I've never heard of any other church having such doctrine, right? So this is a really a gift. So the first one is, uh, you have titled the doctrine, Eternal Prototype. And in the Gospel Topics essay, the quote is, we honor woman when we acknowledged Godhood in her eternal prototype. So Bethany, let's have you start. What are the inconsistent messages that are often internalized by women in the church and girls in the church? I would love to start, but MacArthur had something she really wanted oh, to say. Oh, so, okay, okay, okay. okay. Pass it back to her. Yes. So I think it's important to understand why this seems so necessary. A prototype is who you model yourself after, right? And so while I can become like my heavenly father, I will become a mother in the heavens. So this is different for men and women. If we don't think that's important, then we're telling women that they're not important, that their destiny is not important, who are they going to become is not important. And I have a story on this. We were working on our book, The Girls Who Choose God, 
and we needed art for our book. We needed 20 some pieces of art at that point in time. This is a number of years ago. It's actually uh, a girl's guide to heavenly mother. Oh, sorry. Did I say? Yes. Yes. It's a girl's, girl's guide to heavenly, heavenly mother. mother. And at that point in time, when I looked around, I found five pieces of art. So it became my job to generate more art of Heavenly Mother, which is fascinating. As a side note, uh, they've done research on this now. Now there's only over 500 pieces oh of, art my. of Heavenly Mother. It's been an explosion in the last five years. I love and it. Largely due to MacArthur's endless harassment of people, to artists, to bring this vision <laughs> of Heavenly Mother to life. And because... We need to think of her, we need to see her, we need to envision her. And so MacArthur has done a brilliant job finding artists all over the world to offer their gifts of art to bring her to life. Okay, you're cracking me up because the story does involve a little bit of harassment, right? It does, (laughs) always, always. So I went to the Church uh, History Museum. I saw the artist from the art show. I saw this woman who'd done Soraya and I thought that is the most stunning matriarch I've ever seen. I wonder what this woman could do on Heavenly Mother. So I tracked down the artist. We have a number of conversations, which may or may not be labeled harassment, but we have a number of conversations. And the first conversation, she says, I just don't think I can pull this off. I'm a young mother. I have young children. My husband would think this was very disruptive that like, I only have a certain number of hours a week to paint. Like, I can't do this. And I'm like, well, just think about it. Let me call you back. So I call her back the next day and I said, tell me what your problems are. Tell me like, do you need money for babysitters? Do you need a model? Do you need more time? Like, tell me what the hurdles are. Like, I'm a creative problem solver. We can figure this out. And she laughs and she goes, give me another day to think about this. So I call her back. The next day. Maybe where the harassment (laughs) comes in, right? I call her back. And this is what's incredible. She says, her whole tone changed. My husband woke up this morning and he rolled over and he said, I've been given a dream, a vision, where I was told that it was so important for you to paint this image of Heavenly Mother that I needed to reorder my entire life for the next six months. It is my job, I was told in this vision, to support my wife to accomplish this. So I will do the dishes and I'll do the laundry and I'll work less hours at work and I'll take the kids and I'll do the yada because I've been told that this painting needs to come to be and it is my job to support you to use your talents in this way. Wow, that's amazing. So in my mind, heaven knew it was so important for women to have a vision of this that they're willing to reorder an entire family's like setup. It is vital that you have a vision of who you're going to become. Wow, that's profound. I got a few tears from that. Thank you for sharing. So how do we then apply our doctrine of this? I love that background. Anything else uh, that you want to share on number one about applying the doctrine that we already have? Bethany? Sure. I would just say, if this is our doctrine, let's incorporate it. And this might be applying the doctrine on all of these different topics, yes. right? But yes. let's, let's apply it. Let's speak of Heavenly Mother. You know, when you talked about speculation, we shouldn't speculate. And we know that for a long time, there was a speculation that we shouldn't talk about her, that she was too sacred. We talk about the heavenly hush. But MacArthur and I have said, let's apply the doctrine and turn it into a heavenly hallelujah, right? This is joyful news to shout at the top of the rooftops that we have a Heavenly Mother. We have an eternal prototype for women. We have the vision for men of what equal partnerships look like in godhood. And so applying this doctrine means Heavenly Mother, when we speak of God, we speak our Heavenly Parents. Right, And that leads into the second one on our yeah. matrix was just the nature of God that we, you know, I'd shared that quote from Joseph Smith. I love MacArthur's story. And I'll add one to the mix that I was in a taxi of all places, an Uber last year. And there was a Nigerian fellow. He was a professor, but he drove Uber on the weekends. And I had my three daughters in the Uber. We were driving and it was a long drive. We were driving from Washington, D.C. to here in Richmond, a two hour drive. So we were talking about raising girls. And he said to me, 
you won't believe this, but just the other night, my daughter came in and she said, I don't want to come to family prayers anymore if we're going to just talk about God as a he. And I don't want to belong to a church where there's just God as a he. Like, what does that mean about me as a girl? What does that mean for me? Oh, wow. And he said, and what would you do with that? I was like, I actually have a great answer for you. <laughs> you know, and it was just fascinating that our theology and restored gospel truth answers that question perfectly. She, there is a God is male and female together and that this girl and all girls can see themselves in God. And I just, and thanks to MacArthur's art, when he dropped me off at our house, I was able to get our girl's guide to heavenly mother and open it up to this gorgeous piece of, it's a beaded piece of artwork from Latter-day Saint in Nigeria who had created this gorgeous piece of heavenly parents embracing each other and just radiating love. And I showed it to him and he wept. And he said, I have been searching and searching for a ex more expansive understanding of God. It's like, and this is what I need. This is what my family needs. Wow. And we have that to give to the world. So let's stop the speculation of a heavenly hush and let's have a heavenly hallelujah and embrace the true nature of God. I love that term, heavenly hallelujah. Yes. And, and I love the Joseph Smith's teaching. This is what it says. If men do not comprehend the character of God, they do not comprehend themselves. And so, and then we could switch that. If women cannot comprehend <laughs> the character of God in a more feminine way, right? They can't comprehend themselves. I love that. MacArthur, over to you. So what are some inconsistent messages there? And then how can we apply this doctrine? So some of the inconsistent messages, I think, are just things that we write or talk about kind of just by default. We don't, we're just in the habit, right? We're in the habit of talking about God in a certain way. And so I don't think there's anything malicious. I don't think people are intentionally trying to leave women out, but I think that we very consistently accidentally do this. And so I was going to actually read, this is another part of the matrix, but honestly, it's, I think one of the most powerful, Bethany might kill me because she loves the tidiness of her matrix, right? Okay, no, it's okay. You go, you go. Girl. I'm a less tidy human. But when you type in the word Godhood into the church's search engine, I'll tell you exactly what it says. There's a bullet point. I could show you. It says, Godhood, see eternal life, exaltation, man, men, dash, man, potential to become like Heavenly Father. Oh, wow. We're just missing so much just on that search. And that's, you know what I said? I said, you know, if this, my Nigerian Uber driver goes, if he, I hope he went to a church. I hope he went and found all this. But even if he just went home and he Googled on the church's website to look what we believe, what I just told him we believe about God, that's what he would find. That uh -huh. is our online presence of what Godhood is. And it doesn't align with what we believe. And so applying our doctrine, let's make our website, let's make our materials yes. reflect yes. the knowledge that we have. Let's be a light to the world in all of our printed material everywhere that we should reflect our true doctrine. Yeah. And as you say in the matrix, no prophet or apostle has ever taught that we should not speak of Heavenly Mother. But it is this cultural thing. I mean, I was raised with this, that we hush, that we don't talk about that. But that's the danger of speculation. Yeah. Speculation exactly. got us to that place. Exactly. Let's move on to number three. And you titled this church doctrine, Our Highest Aspiration. And I appreciate the gospel topics essay statement. Elder Dallin H. Oaks of the Quorum of the Twelve had said, our theology begins with heavenly parents. Our highest aspiration is to be like them. 
So Bethany, why don't you talk us through that doctrine and the inconsistent messages and applying that doctrine? Right. And isn't that a stunning quote? Our theology begins with heavenly parents and it's our highest aspiration. Like that's our ultimate goal is to become like them. So of course, you know, you started this conversation of, is this core? Of course, this is core. Our heavenly parents are core. It's the beginning and the end of our whole theology. And Christ is in the middle of it to help us get there. Right. But I think it's so interesting. This is our highest aspiration. This is what we're meant to be. I find it so interesting, you know, for a long time, like growing up in the church, we were always told as young women, don't have the latest pop star be your role model. Don't let that fancy model be your role model. Don't let those women in bikini, you know, like, don't look to the world to have your, the person that you want to be, like, look higher than that. And so then MacArthur and I said, absolutely, amen, let's look at Heavenly Mother. But they're like, oh no, we don't want to talk about Heavenly Mother, right? We're like, what? And so for me, that's an inconsistent message, right? If, If we're told that this is your highest aspiration, but we're not going to talk about her in our lessons or in our discussions, yeah. or there's no young women's, we have the theme on the wall. And it's, be- I was taught young women's today. And it's beautiful to stand up with all of them and recite that. But then we never dive yeah. in to learning more. Yeah. And so that's so an inconsistent message. This is your aspiration, but you don't really need to know much about it. Just, yeah. so that's yeah. very inconsistent. Again, when you get down to the proclamation where gender is such an essential component, I keep coming back to that. It is in our identity and we have, women cannot see themselves in men. We can see some characteristics, we can see faith, we can see this or that, but our deeper identity, we cannot. MacArthur. Yeah, I was going to tell you a story. So I recently invited men to send me an email about why the doctrine of Heavenly Mother did or did not resonate with them and their thoughts on it. And this man wrote me this heart-wrenching email where he said, I understand that Heavenly Mother is our doctrine, but I've been hesitant to teach my daughters of it, to teach them that this is their prototype, because the way we treat Heavenly Mother shows that their prototype is someone who is ignored, not valued, forgotten, not discussed, silent, and it broke my heart. So here's someone literally hesitating to teach our doctrine because of the way our manuals are written. Our doctrine should be preeminent. Our doctrine should be the most beautiful thing we have to embrace. So our manuals should not lead doctrine. Doctrine should lead our manuals. That's so profound. Thank you so much. And I was, Susan, I just wanted to follow up on your comment about how we are taught, again, just in recent general conference, that gender is essential. And we hear that message loud and clear. But then we as women and girls are told, be like Jesus, be like Heavenly Father. And you're right. There are so many attributes that we can learn from. So many. But it's an incoherent and it's a confusing message yeah. to be told those two things back to back. Gender is essential and it's, it's essential to your eternal, it's eternally important, but yet just become like a man. That's your goal. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. And our kids, I think for a long time, us growing up, we didn't see the confusion, but our kids see it and they, they hone are. in on it. And they said, it doesn't make sense. Thank you so much. We're going to cover maybe two more in this one, and then we'll save the other ones for our next episode. But let's hit two more. Number four, spirit children of heavenly parents. That's the church doctrine. And here's what the gospel topics essay says. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that all human beings, male and female, are beloved spirit children of heavenly parents, a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. That is so clear. MacArthur, talk us through that. And we're kind of, some of these are on top of each other, obviously, but any other thoughts on that one about the inconsistent messages and then how to apply? Yeah, we talk a lot in Young Women 
about how being a mother is the most important work you can do. We talk a lot about how this is of eternal significance, but we are teaching a mixed message. If we're saying to someone that this earth life is so important and vital and beautiful and enriching and growth orienting to be a parent, but yet our eternal parent of a mother is not important. Yeah. That's what we're teaching. That is because of the silence, but the doctrines are so clear in that essay. I love that. Let's hit one and more. I, oh, can go I ahead. And one more, I'd add that too, is just that, that we are, we all know we are spirit children of heavenly parents, but when we speak about God's love or God's plan or God's blessings, always refer to he, that it's heavenly father's plan. It's heavenly father's blessing us. It's heavenly father's intervention in our life. Right. And so we know Parents, even in the Gospel Topics essay, it says Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother work together for the salvation and blessing of their family, right? And so I feel like how we apply this doctrine, if we are, we are their spirit children of both of them, let's recognize and let's articulate that the way that they are both involved in our lives. You know, MacArthur and I, as mothers, we, like, we do a lot of the planning in our family, right? Just yes. today, just while I'm doing this podcast, I have three kids in three different directions. And my husband was super supportive to go and drive them all, but I had to get the addresses and send them and made the schedule. You know, I do a lot of the planning, right? Yeah. And so when we talk about we are spirit children of heavenly parents and we're part of their plan, let's make sure we don't leave her out. It doesn't make sense to leave in her fact, out. In fact, Elder Ballard says in the Gospel Topics essay that our heavenly parents designed the plan. So yeah. if we're actually quoting our doctrine, then we should say our heavenly parents plan. Such an important and key point right there. Let's do one more and then just, I don't think I've said this yet, but we will put this matrix in the show notes so you can follow along and, and see those, the different columns as and rows in this matrix. So the last one we'll talk about in this episode is the church doctrine is the vital influence of a mother's love. Man, do I love that. President Harold B. Lee stated, we forget that we have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother who are even more concerned, probably, than our earthly father and mother, and that influences from beyond are constantly working to try to help us when we do all we can. I love that. So thoughts from each of you on that one. Yeah. So Bethany was just mentioning about how we speak often of our father's love. And while that's 100% true, it's not the whole truth, yes. right? The restoration gives us the knowledge that we also have a mother's love. And as Harold B. Lee, this quote was actually a story. The backstory on this quote from President Harold B. Lee is that he had a friend who was suffering from an addiction and he was trying to figure out how he was going to overcome it. And he tried lots of different things. And then finally, he felt a female voice call him by name and say, oh, Bill, just cut it out. I didn't know that backstory. Yeah, that's the backstory of that quote that's in the Gospel Topics essay. And what I love about this is we have collected hundreds of submissions as we've worked on our book, um, Cherish, that this was one that I had done with Trina Caudill and Ashley Carnicelli. And in that book, we actually asked women to tell us about their thoughts and experiences with Heavenly Mother. And what's fascinating is so many of these women came forward with experiences about Heavenly Mother interacting with them in their life. So when we mm -hmm. talk about a vital mother's love can influence from beyond, that's not something we regularly hear over the pulpit or regularly that we acknowledge is happening. But these women were coming forward saying, I got told of my patriarchal blessing that my heavenly mother was aware of me and loved me. 
Another woman told me about how she was in childbirth and she like cried out in the agony of that experience. And she felt a mother come to her, a heavenly mother, her heavenly mother come to her. And so these women were stepping forward with these very powerful ideas. And when I started to hear these ideas and people were emailing me and messaging me and talking to me about this, I thought this needs to be a book. Yes. Like I cannot have the repository only be in my head, right? Like this needs to be out there so that the world can see that these experiences are happening, that people are having spiritual experiences with their mother. And I think that's I, a really incredible oh, no, knowledge is happening. Yes. And I would just add to that. Thank you, McCarthy. That's so beautiful. And the Cherish book is a fabulous collection. And I would say not only just women, but I think men are having these experiences too, where as part of one of the books that MacArthur and I wrote to our heavenly families, our earthly families, it was the first piece of art about heavenly parents that the church owned. And it struck a chord and it resonated so deeply with so many people that the church commissioned the artist, Caitlin Connolly, to do a 12-foot painting of it that now hangs in the church history museum. I love and that. It's, it's just stunning, right? And you, you, you ascend these stairs and you see this heavenly couple and it just radiates love and they're just like this human and family just just flowing from them it's so stunning and um, but that desert book sells that painting and my dad has it in his house and my dad lost his mom when he was six years old he spent his whole earthly journey without an earthly mother and this picture of heavenly mother is so precious to him because he has felt her love in his life as his earthly mother was taken way too early and it's just there can be the issue of heavenly mother can become divisive, contentious. Some people stay away from it. But MacArthur and I just want the most important message that we want to share is the world needs a mother's love. The world is desperate for a mother's love. And we have that truth to share. So let's make sure we do. Oh, Amen. man. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have felt the spirit so much, I have to tell. I don't know if you can tell because I have my reading <laughs> glasses on, but you made me teary-eyed and I've just felt the spirit witness so much during this conversation. So MacArthur and Bethany, thank you so much for introducing and talking us through the first five points of your matrix. And again, the name of the matrix, why Heavenly Mother is essential for women understanding their eternal destiny. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and be ready for next week's episode where we'll finish this discussion. And I always give a challenge every episode. And my challenge to you is to just think, ponder, pray, read. I think let's start with just read that essay for today, right? For this week, read through the essay and journal some of your thoughts. So to listeners, please follow Unleashing Sister Saints on Facebook and Instagram for more information and to stay up to date. If you like a particular episode or the show in general, please share it with others and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So thanks for listening to this episode of Unleashing Sister Saints. This is Dr. Susan Madsen, and I'm devoted to unleashing the positive impact of Sister Saints on the world. Mm -hmm.